1: The latest episode of 10 Things with former Chiefs reporter B.J. Kissel, giving you all the stats, stories, rankings, and records you can handle for the next 30 minutes. 10 Things is presented by Kansas City Strength and Conditioning. For the baseball or softball player you know who is looking to get better, call Casey Strength and Conditioning. This is what they do. And now, let's go to B.J. Kissel for the latest installment of 10 Things.
2: What's going on Chiefs Kingdom? I'm BJ Kissel. Thanks for tuning into this episode of 10 Things presented by KC Strength and Conditioning. If you know someone who needs baseball or softball training, that's ages 8 to 18 and they live in the Kansas City area. Call my friend John Renzi at 913-638-8960. They send hundreds of players to college and to the pros. They know what they're doing and they'll treat you the white ray right way that's casey strength and conditioning all right this show 10 things if this is your first time tuning in this is about stats information nuggets things to help you look smarter to your friends these things are going to sway towards the positive heading into this matchup on saturday with the jags but this are these are 10 things to know for chiefs kingdom ahead of saturday's game against the jaguars and help me break it all down it Will be my good pal mr kent swanson one third of the casey laboratory kent how are we doing today
3: do you think john would take a 33 almost 34 year old two seamer sidearm pitching prospect like would he would he take that project on you think because I'm, no. i want to get out there
2: <laughs> okay. i asked him and i asked him about this and i was like hey when i was starting to play for anyone who's listening i played on a men's senior team and uh i don't know if this is what you're going with it but i told him i was like hey you want to like promote your business? Take this old, overweight, out of shape guy and just turn him into like somebody that can compete relative to like his situation, become significantly better. And he was like, "I don't want your performance representing my company." <laughs> That's like somebody I've known for a very, very long time. He was my catcher growing up uh, for a traveling team when we were in high school. He's played at a very high level, very good. But uh, they train kids that are going to college and going, getting drafted and getting drafted high. And so a lot of the, the top arms and top baseball pitchers uh, in the Kansas City area have trained at KCSE. And so they do a phenomenal job taking care of those kids. Every time I go over there, Kent, like I think I joked with you, these kids, they just don't build them. Like <laughs> they build them a little different now because walk in and meet some 14-year-old kid who's 6'4", throwing 93. And I was like, man, like, I, think- I can't even imagine.
3: I think KCSE has a little bit to do with that probably too, for being honest. so Yeah,
2: they do. You know. They do They do phenomenal work, but uh, I'm excited to to obviously support them and, and my friend John and his company and everything they have going on. But I'm excited to do this show with you because uh, you and I don't get a chance to one-on-one to record shows together. So it's going to be uh, kind of a fun little thing right here. Um, let's get into this. So the first thing that uh, Chiefs fans should know going into this game, the Chiefs have won six straight, Against the Jaguars, but only one of those games has finished within one possession. And it's also worth noting the Jags have won seven of their last eight games since they lost to the Chiefs that 27 17 matchup back in week 10 that everybody has been talking about all week. Chiefs had nearly 500 yards of total offense in that game, turned it over three times, and the Jags had the onside kick. They were stealing every possession they possibly could, and it didn't matter. They still lost by 10 points in that game, but Chiefs, a lot of success against the Jags. I haven't had a chance to talk with you, at least on camera, uh, about the thoughts. But what are your kind of thoughts going into this game, the recent success the Chiefs have had against the Jags, how much Week 10 and what happened in that game could play a part into what we could see on Saturday?
3: If you were going to ask me if I wanted to play the Jaguars or the Chargers, I'd want to play the Jaguars. I'm a little bit more yep. scared if the Chargers present. Um, but the Jaguars, they hung in tough. And you know they showed what they're made up. You know They, they didn't panic. They, they got down big. They played a horrendous half of football and you know, they, they took care of business in the second half. And like, that's going to breed a lot of confidence in this football team. Um, I, the chiefs are a better football team. You know, yeah. I think everything kind of says that the last time they two these two teams matched up, it was fake close and it was still a 10 point game, but yeah. you, you got to throw that out the window a little bit too, because this is the playoffs and you know, that Jaguars team is playing with a lot of confidence and, You know, if the chiefs don't match the intensity that the Jaguars are going to present, things could get real interesting. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough matchup. It's a good football team.
2: Yep. All right. Number two, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he, two things, he loves to get the ball out quick and he's not good under pressure. And we, we, we talk relative to quarterbacks, not being good under pressure all quarterbacks are going to be worse under pressure than they are when they're not. But relative to every other quarterback being under pressure, numbers are not good. Uh, But again, Trevor Lawrence ranks third in the NFL and fastest time to attempt a pass. The only two quarterbacks who get it out quicker are Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. So something to be aware of going into this game, get the ball out quick, young defensive backs. How are they going to handle um, a Christian Kirk who really Did some numbers on the Chiefs last time they played with over 100 yards, a couple of touchdowns, uh, but under pressure. When Trevor Lawrence, whether it's coming off his first read and not being able to scan the field, whatever the reasons behind these these numbers, and Kent, give your thoughts on this, but he ranks 34th out of 39 qualified quarterbacks, which for this qualifying means played at least 20% of the team's snaps in this year ranks 34th against pressure with a 29.9 grade uh, per pro football focus. So if you get bodies around him and you get him to hold on the ball a little bit, you're going to have success. He is a quarterback that you can rattle based on what you've seen. Does this fit? Do these numbers fit your film study?
3: Yeah, a little bit. And the thing that is always interesting to me about Trevor Lawrence is like he doesn't really utilize his legs to the same kind of, of, you know, the same amount you would expect him to because he's a good athlete. You know, like I think, you know, athletically, he compares similarly to a Andrew Luck type prospect uh good guy you know he can run with his legs he can get some tough yardages he has the capability to do it but the way that trevor lawrence is you know kind of operated in that offense he really hasn't you know tried to get too creative out of the pocket he really hasn't tried to you know utilize his legs when when lanes present themselves he hangs in the pocket and i think that's a little bit of it he's going to try to operate and win from the pocket and if things don't come uncovered quickly You know, with some of those crossing routes and a lot of you know the the routes that they love to run in the middle of the field to the running backs to the tight ends, then he's going to hold on to you know try to to give the structure of the play a chance, and that's where some of that pressure comes. So you know, it's a matter of you know, yeah, getting getting him off his first second read, having him hold the ball for just a second. He hasn't really shown. Uh, that he's gonna beat you with your legs with his legs too often and you know he's gonna be susceptible to
2: taking some sacks. That was kind of one of my big takeaways from their game against the Chargers and not to take anything away. I know the numbers at the end of the game show Trevor Lawrence made plays, but in watching it, I was more I came away a lot more impressed with Evan Ingram. <laughs> I was googling yeah. how many years Evan Ingram's under contract because that dude running away from defensive backs was impressive mm-hmm. um, on the one over route. But between Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, what they did with the ball in their hands Uh, Travis Etienne as well, that I was much more impressed with their ability to make something happen after Trevor Lawrence threw a comeback route, a hitch route, something pretty simple, find a spot in the zone, get him the ball, and then they make the play. Throwing short of the sticks on third down, they turn up and get upfield. My two takeaways from that is, one, Trevor Lawrence isn't necessarily making plays, out to your point, outside the pocket, throwing to these tight windows to these guys on the runs to get them going. I didn't see that kind of performance from him, not to say that he couldn't do it, what you just said like don't see it a lot you look at some of the advanced numbers doesn't really show that he's done that a lot but he is a much better athlete than i think we've seen um, his ability to get out and run and scramble similar to to justin herbert a little bit he can get out and he can hurt you with his legs if he does that a little bit more but get bodies around him and get him under pressure which steve spagnuolo is good about and one of the other things um excited to talk to you about this because uh, you guys really dive into the film study that in that game against the chargers, I don't know if this is something for Trevor Lawrence, that's been an issue for him, but I saw more free rushers for the chargers than I normally see. And granted he's a young quarterback. And I don't know if it's a communication issue up front or if he's not setting the protections correctly, but the chargers in two or three times in that game, which for a free rusher at this level of football to be completely unaccounted for does not happen very often that it just it kind of fits this it's not seeing it as well or not quite developed on all of the aspects of the game that we take for granted at this point patrick Mahomes, you rarely ever see a free rusher at the jeep the guy could get beat but he is accounted for in some kind of way trevor lawrence saw a handful of times that guys were coming completely unaccounted for you combine that with He's going to be staring at 15 across the field, knowing that he's got to put up a lot of points Mm -hmm. and that Arrowhead is going to be absolutely crazy in this game. It's all setting up for a young quarterback who's shown to get rattled that he could get rattled again.
3: Well, and, you know, I think this is where the experience in the Rolodex, you know, the quarterback Rolodex uh, in their mind kind of comes into play a little bit, too, is because this is the time for tendency breakers here in uh, in, in, in the NFL, where during the playoffs, you're going to see teams throw stuff that they've been setting up all year, you know, and not to say that. There's no blame to be absolved of, you know, or that, that Trevor Lawrence should be absolved of any blame. Cause like there's definitely like a young quarterback without the Rolodex isn't going to get the protection right all the time either. So a lot of those factors are probably playing into the hands of the Chiefs a little bit where the experience factor comes more and more important as the playoffs kind of come on. So, um, yeah, the Chiefs are going to probably dial some stuff up that Trevor Lawrence hasn't seen yet. They're going to try to get some free rushers, I would imagine. And they're going to really do it. I think they're going to try to take away. A lot of those easy completions that that Doug Peterson has has been able to dial up, but I, that offense runs through a lot of you know, like you said, putting the ball in the hands of the playmakers. Trevor Lawrence only averaged six point one yards per attempt against the uh, against the Chargers in that comeback. So um, th- there's going to be you know an emphasis on you know trying to, to to heat them up a little bit, and also like you yeah. got to try to reduce some of those short to intermediate passes.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, Let's move on to number three, talking about a guy that you've talked about once or twice, and Patrick Mahomes. Who? Eight and three in the playoffs. But his numbers at Arrowhead, at least his touchdown interception ratio at Arrowhead, 26 touchdowns, three interceptions in his career. Patrick Mahomes has the second-best passer rating in NFL postseason history at 27 years old. I'm actually kind of surprised. The only quarterback who has a better passer rating that's qualified is Josh Allen for the Bills, which – Kind of surprised me a little bit. But uh yeah, Patrick Mahomes 105.7 pass rating the postseason, second best uh, to Josh Allen in NFL history. But eight and three in the playoffs, 26 touchdowns, three interceptions at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, knowing that the strength of the Jags, if you're gonna talk about that on their defensive side, between their defensive front, their secondary, or their line their second level of their defense and the linebackers, and then their secondary. Secondary is the weak link of that defense. Patrick Mahomes did not struggle with this last time. Uh, We'll see what happens with McCole Hardman. Didn't practice today. Not a great sign uh, for him getting ready for Saturday. I've been talking about how excited I am to get all of the offensive weapons back, which we haven't Mm -hmm. seen yet this year, outside of one game that Kadarius Tony had been with the chiefs for only three days before that Titans game. But what are you expecting to see from Patrick Mahomes uh, based on these numbers that he's always been good, but even better at home, even better in the postseason? Yeah, he barely
3: broke a sweat against the Jaguars. It kind of felt last time. It was just a very yeah. calm, commanding game for him. And that, was, if you remember, that was a Kadarius Tony game. That was kind of the breakout Kadarius Tony game, kind of yeah. showing everybody what he's capable of doing. But yeah, I mean, Mahomes has played eleven games. I believe all of them have been in Arrowhead Stadium, too. And twenty-six touchdowns and three interceptions is absolutely, in, or well, I guess two Super Bowls. So nine, so nine playoff games at Arrowhead and two in the Super Bowl. He's not played a road playoff game. Is is the is yeah. the is the line there? But. Yeah, that's an absolutely absurd number, you know. Uh, and uh, I, I expect him to play to what he's been doing to the to the level that he has been for the last, you know, three four off seasons. So or three four post seasons, I mean. So, um, I the Jaguars are going to present some challenges. They got a good, like you said, they got a good pass rush, but you know, I think the Chiefs are going to have answers. They got a lot of different answers all across the field. They've got capable personnel. There's plenty to like about um you know the group around them even though there's there's not a, a tyree kill anymore like they've figured that out they found solutions for about every scenario that they're going to see in the playoffs and yep. uh I'm, I'm excited to see what this group puts together uh the first week because yeah i you know this it's a big one you know you gotta take care of the first one you gotta take care of the first one and so uh yeah i think Mahomes will
2: uh, switch to another side of the ball or the other side of the ball and and if you're listening to the show, you've heard me talk about this on the other two shows already this week. Uh, and I'm going to keep hammering it home. Frank Clark mm. climbing up the NFL postseason sacks list, currently ranked fifth all time in NFL history. So he's moving up the sacks list. And we want to see Chris Jones get on the sack list for getting his first career postseason sack, which is still a little surprising uh, to me every time I say it out loud. It's just a little <laughs> a little surprising. Yeah. I'll talk about that with him. But uh, Frank Clark got yeah, 11 postseason sacks right now, fifth all time, or he's tied for fifth all time with a handful of other guys. One more sack, he'll tie Reggie White, that guy. Um, one and a half sacks, he'll tie Terrell Suggs for third in NFL history. He needs three and a half sacks to tie Bruce Smith, another guy who's pretty good. And then he needs five sacks to tie Willie McGinnis. For the most sacks, so he's five and a half sacks shy of setting the NFL record for postseason sacks. Well, it would take a hell of an effort, uh, even if they played three games, for him to get that. But I would not put it past him uh, that it's at least within striking distance has a couple big games, which kind of crazy to think about. What's crazier for you to think about that Chris Jones is not at a postseason sack yet or that Frank Clark is. One big stretch away from having more sacks than any other player in the history of the game in the playoffs.
3: Both are real surprising. Uh, if you I mean, I think most people would have guessed, you know, like not watching the games, but just knowing the arcs of these guys' careers, they would have guessed the inverse, right? But yeah. um, I think Chris Jones not registering a sack's pretty surprising now. That's not to say that he hasn't impacted playoff games. It's just the numbers don't necessarily always line up with that. He was dominant for a stretch in the Super Bowl that the Chiefs won against the San Francisco 49ers. He's still yeah. you know, uh, an elite pass rusher, obviously, and he's had his big moments in the playoffs that just haven't resulted in sacks. Uh, and they're going to need him to do that. They're going to need production. They're going to need sack production. They're going to need him to get quarterbacks to the ground for this team to do what they're hoping to do the pass rush still runs through him it's gotten better the four-man rush has gotten better but still going to run through Chris Jones Frank Clark being two sacks from Chiefs great Terrell Suggs though that seems like that seems striking distance to me I think that like I think if he's one I I think he winds up third on this list before the playoffs are all said and done which is stunning and uh, Yeah. yeah let's just get Chris on the list period
2: I just want to get him a sack in this game, and then have the graphic show up, and then screenshot that graphic that's got a picture of Frank Clark next to Reggie White and talking about career postseason performances. It's crazy and production in the postseason, unbelievable.
1: You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this.
4: The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57, and for the NFL division round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I love doing the stepped up same game parlays. I've been doing the anytime touchdown score parlays. They're always fun, and you always got a chance, as BJ Kissel says. And here's what you got to do you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details.
1: Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network.
2: All right, let's move on to number five, and this is a fun one. I talked with Nate Taylor a little bit about this uh, because of the onside kick, but I made a point of keep an eye on fourth down decisions. Uh, The play sheet for Steve Spagnuolo on fourth down should be a little bit bigger uh, than they normally prepare for because I don't see Doug Peterson punting the ball a lot unless they're really on like the plus or minus thirty-five. I mean, I wouldn't punt if you're on even your own forty. With Doug Peterson, I would not punt the football. You've got to steal possessions any way you can. I looked up the numbers Jacksonville, uh, right kind of in the middle, they rank 12th in the NFL in fourth down conversions right now at 53.3 percent. Uh, but whether it's fourth down decisions, fake punt, fake field goal, onside kick, they're gonna do anything they can, uh, to try and steal possessions in this game.
3: You know, that you saw them on, you know, kind of I don't want to say empty the clip, but they, they definitely got uber aggressive and played like they had nothing to lose back when they were kind of a losing franchise. I think they were three and six when the Chiefs lined up against them. And, you know, they were just trying to spark something before the bye week and you saw them, you know, be a little bit more aggressive and take some, you know, bigger risks. So like the chiefs will be prepared for that a little bit, but you know, I don't think, I don't think Doug Peterson can make any decision this, this week that is going to bring criticism upon him because I think Jacksonville is probably looking at this game. 100% as house money. Right. Yep. So it's, you know, even if he goes for it on fourth and one from his own 20, something absurd and ridiculous like that. Are we really going to be that surprised? Are we really yep. going to be surprised if they do something that kind of outlandish? I think this I think this is going to be a hyper aggressive version of Doug Pearson. That should scare Chiefs fans a little bit because he's yep. maybe not risking. You know, he's not worried about getting blown out. He's worried about trying to win the football game. And the best chance he has to win in the football game is keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline.
2: Nate earlier was talking about like, there is no tomorrow for you. Just Jimmy McGinty is what came in my head. Like <laughs> that makes you all very dangerous people. Yeah. <laughs> From the replacement, it's true. whether it's like halfback passes, double reverse, like we're going to see some crazy stuff, which is honestly as a coach, especially in the NFL where every decision they make is going to be completely torn apart. How many times can you remember a scenario in which you could say beforehand, there's really nothing that he could do in this game. That's going to make me second guess his decisions, because even if the game is close and there's something at the end, he makes a bad decision. Everything he had done up to that point, put him in a position to shock the world and win a game. They shouldn't have won. And so uh, it's a pretty freeing position. I would assume for a coach to feel that you don't get very often at the NFL level,
3: it makes it uncomfortable and it changes the terms of how the game is played. And that's a, that's outside of a comfort zone. I think the chiefs are probably familiar with too. So like creating a little chaos within the game there, can can maybe throw the Chiefs off their game a little bit like there's there's some validity to what they might try I don't think it's going to be a normal football game when the Chiefs and Jags line up on Saturday
4: yeah
2: I just the arrogant Chiefs fan is coming out of me because I can just picture like them doing some crazy play and they score and they take a little bit of a lead or they get it close and it's just like oh that's cute and they show Mahomes and be like he doesn't have to do all that cute stuff he's just gonna throw the ball all over the yard uh and make plays all over the place. All right, let's move on to number six. Uh, You've heard me talk about this, the key stats all the time. We've talked all season about turnovers. I don't feel like the Chiefs will lose in the postseason. If they win the turnover battle in each of the next three games, they will win the Super Bowl. I don't think there's anybody out there playing so well that if the Chiefs have more possessions than they do, regardless, even if they play slightly above average, because of the way we've seen Buffalo struggle at times, the way that we've seen Cincinnati struggle. I know that's going to be a huge game, whoever they face next week, but if the chiefs finish that game with one turnover and the Bengals or the bills have two, I don't think that the chiefs are going to lose that game. So the other two key stats I talk about all the time, third, third down and then red zone. So this is, we're looking at the chiefs offense versus the Jacksonville Jaguars defense coming into this game or through the regular season, the chiefs, Second best third down offensive conversion percentage in the NFL at 48.7%. Jags defense near the bottom of the NFL ranked 29th in the NFL. They struggle as a defense on third down. And then in the red zone, the other way, converting Chiefs offense. Second in the NFL, 69.4%. Jacksonville defense ranks 24th in the NFL, allowing touchdowns 59.6% of the time. And on the the inverse, Jacksonville's offense struggles inside of the red zone, which they cannot do in this game. Mm -hmm. I would be shocked if they even attempted a field goal uh, because it's not going to get them anywhere. And so those two key stats, if you look at turnovers, red zone, and third down, if you win those statistical categories, 99% of the time you're winning the football game.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I, those are always going to be key stats and key metrics that you're looking at. But like, it is it is especially important with this football team, specifically the turnovers. You know, the turnover differential for the Chiefs was really bad. It was one of the worst in the NFL. And this team turned a ball over at a clip that you don't like to see. And they really haven't been able to generate a ton of turnovers. Now, in the softer part of their schedule late in the season, you've seen them be able to generate a few more turnovers. But... I'm more interested in how this offense protects the football. There's been some uncharacteristic moments, and it's the timing at which this team has, has turned the ball over to. They gave the Texans some short fields to deal with you know, when they were turning the ball over in that game you know protecting the football is an even bigger point of emphasis for me when you you're in your own territory for this team because we've seen them really shoot themselves in the foot in a big way in some of those moments creating some short fields those are going to matter you know it's it's not just winning the turnover battle it's it's just not turning the ball over period i think you know i'm cool with yeah. a 2 to 1 victory in, in the turnover battle but i'd rather just keep a clean sheet because that yeah. means that there's no wonky field position changes that have occurred or defensive touchdowns that occurred for this football team either. And that just feels like there've been some inopportune moments for them to lose the football.
2: Right, let's move on to number seven. Uh, and I don't know. I think it's special because again, we talked about not normalizing greatness and understanding <laughs> that we're in the golden age of Chiefs football. And we normally talk about it in terms of Patrick Mahomes, but just in general, you know, I said it off the top of the KCSN update earlier today. Andy Reid, in his nine of his ten years in Kansas City, the Chiefs have made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. In nine of his ten years, they've had at least ten wins. Uh, that's not no, like these kind of stretches that you only see a handful of times in NFL history. And I, I believe a lot of the angst that Chiefs fans have in the the. The things that we tell ourselves and we get all frustrated about a loss is you don't want to have like the Aaron Rodgers where you feel like you're competitive, you're good every year, and then you look back a decade later and you have one Super Bowl to show for. You want to show multiple, uh, two, three, four Super Bowls, if not more, uh, throughout Patrick Mahomes' prime. But when it comes to a stat like I'm about to read here, you tell me how much this moves the needle for you. And that, granted, I don't know how they're going to handle a stat like this if it ends up being played in Atlanta if Buffalo wins and the AFC title game is there. But the Chiefs could become if Cincinnati wins the first team in NFL history to host five straight conference championship games. Mm. That to me is as crazy as anything that five consecutive years the AFC championship game would be at Arrowhead. Now I don't know how a stat like that would work if it's a neutral site, if it just a wash you cancel, it, whatever it is. But They've tied other team doing it four times. Nobody's done it five. So since he wins, Chiefs win, making more history and another nugget, another notch to put on. When we talk about um, how successful and how crazy this stre- continued stretch of success has been for the Chiefs.
3: When you, the success occurred before Patrick Mahomes became part of this organization. But the you know, the dominance was established when they got him at the quarterback position. And it's just it's it speaks to the marriage of a great coach who didn't need Patrick Mahomes to cement the kind of coach he was and his legacy. Obviously, a Super Bowl kind of locked that in. Sure. But I mean, even before that, you you could have the argument that he's a Hall of Fame coach. But now you've got a guy that just knows how to win football games. Merged with a quarterback who's an alien, who is the best quarterback in in, in this generation. And, you know, you kind of just, you're going to, we're going to find out what this team's capable of doing. What they've, you know, getting to two Super Bowls, getting to four straight AFC championship games is remarkable. Um, the standard is unbelievably high. You spent, you know, like I think cheese fans are a little bit numb to the regular season at this point, you know, because five straight seasons of, you know, everything just hinges on whether or not this team is going to make the Super Bowl. But, uh, just the merging of, of, of Andy Reid and his ability to, to build a program and Patrick Mahomes and Alien, they've merged really, really well together. And I think that's what you're seeing in the last four or five years. And I don't see it stopping anytime
2: soon. Yeah, let's, let's move on to number eight and talk about just aliens. Uh, Travis Kelsey, mm. He's 99 yards shy and four touchdowns shy of passing Rob Gronkowski for the most in nfl postseason history most yards by a tight end most touchdowns by a tight end we've said depending upon how long this guy wants to continue to play he will own every tight end record there possibly is and now a lot of these records are starting to be compared to wide receivers (laughs) and where he ranks in nfl history uh getting up in the top 15 of receptions yards things like that it's it's crazy what travis kelsey has done another player that we can't not give their flowers to while they're here and playing uh, because it's just been um, golden age of cheese football. And these are the store. These are the guys that we'll be telling our grandkids about, like we got to watch this guy in his prime
3: hall of famer. Uh, I, my tight end one in Kansas city chiefs history. If you ask me, uh, what he's done is unbelievable. And there's one, he's one of one. Even if you look at like a, a Rob Gronkowski, how they go about business is a lot different uh than 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 how a Travis Kelsey, you know, is able to. Like he has the skill set of a receiver and he's not the most explosive guy anymore. He's not, you know, the 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 quickest guy anymore, but he is an absolutely elite route runner. He's the best route running tight end in the history of the National Football League. And he's one of the best route runners in the history of this league for any position. And you know, obviously he's kind of I don't want to say he's it's not fair to say he's had a career renaissance with Patrick Mahomes, but just things just became different when he came here and the level of connection that those two Hall of Fame players have together is special. And, you know, he's going to age remarkably, I think, just because of the situation that he's in when it comes to Mahomes, when it comes to, you know, how the Chiefs manage him, you know, the, the load management with him. I, you know, I think anything's on the table. I think he can extend his career a little bit and Mahomes will help him extend his career a little bit too, as long as he's in Kansas City.
2: Yeah. As long as those guys are best buds and having fun playing together, I hope he plays forever, but Mm. that guy's also going to make a whole lot more money after football than he is playing football. He might already be with new
3: heights.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's one of those dudes who's going to be around and is going to be entertaining. He's going to be good at anything that he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's move on to number nine. This is a, we've talked about this before because our sports data guy at Casey sports network, Joseph Hefner has put out these stats every week. Um, that the chiefs finished the regular season with the seventh most snaps played by their rookie class. Uh, The only other team that's ahead of them or in the top seven uh, who made the playoffs are the New York giants uh, who had more players uh, drafted than the chiefs did. So they had a total number of people um, to accumulate all of these snaps being played uh, than the chiefs did. But the fact that the chiefs had the seventh most snaps played by rookies in the NFL, got the one seed and did it at positions like cornerback, and edge rusher and where a lot of this production came with these high value positions and these guys stepped in right away and got kind of got thrown into the fire especially you know McDuffie got hurt but George Carloftis he never hit a rookie wall like he started excelling down the stretch of the season which was crazy impressive for him as he goes into the playoffs uh playing some of his best football of the season
3: i'm so glad that you brought up positional value here because like that's the thing that sticks to me the most when it comes to this draft classes and i'm not trying to discredit the value of an interior offensive lineman or a linebacker because last year's yeah. draft class was great they got very solid very good to elite players um in last year's draft class it was at you know maybe some of the lower end of the positional value though this class you loaded up on corners and you found three corners that you're going to build off next year uh you know it, i mean you're going to start two of them and three of them are probably going to play Even like there's nobody in this draft class outside of Darian Kennard where we don't have a little bit of, you know, answers to, you know, the future for them. You know, and I think everybody in this draft class, you see a lot of hope. You know, like Darian Kennard, we don't have, you know, we don't know a ton about yet. There hasn't been a a ton of opportunities. This offensive line has stayed pretty healthy. But everybody else, even Nazi Johnson, has shown to be a really quality special teams player this year, too. Mm -hmm. So, just looking at what this team has been able to do from a positional value perspective, and just from a quality perspective, you know, every one of these guys has found a role about every one of these guys has found a role and they're still winning 14 football games. They're tied the, the second best winning percentage in the history of this football team in the regular season. And it's on the back of a giant rookie class who has put together an outstanding rookie season sky's the limit. And guess what? 12 picks less there's 12 picks to go in 2023 too. So there's just, I mean, this is, this is going to get interesting real quick here for this football team.
1: You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city. KC sports network. We'll be back right after this.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
4: This is the story
0: of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently.
2: They're going to get some cap space. They're going to be able to make some moves if they want. They yep. they've handled it beautifully, um, which is amazing to sit here and have this conversation, knowing how Chiefs fans were feeling back in March, April, May when a lot of the AFC West moves were being made. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the free agency, we all get caught up in the couple of guys like they don't have to spend a lot of money, but just get like just spend a lot of money on one guy. And for me, it was pass rush. Mm-hmm. I was on the Darius Smith like wagon. It was like, hey, this guy, veteran, bring him in, pay him, we get it. And instead, they bring in Carlos Dunlap, comes in, makes a huge impact. They get George Karloftis, makes an impact. And then Joe Cullen came in and made everyone better. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of it that sometimes we forget is that guys like Mike Dana, Colin Saunders, those guys can develop. Turk Wharton was playing better before he got hurt. Joe Cullen was probably the best free agent pickup. That Chris the Jones,
3: had. Chris Jones' career year. I mean, yeah. all of them. It's just, it's outstanding what this team's done.
2: It's been impressive. All right, let's move on to number 10, and then we'll get uh, anything that I missed that Kent's uh, top storylines, nuggets coming out of this one. We'll get Kent's thoughts before we wrap this show up. But uh, I do have to a quick plug here that we did this last year. Uh, if you checked any of our social channels, we are giving away, or I should say, we are raffling off. Uh, Two tickets to the game on Saturday between the Chiefs and Jags. So if you want to go to Arrowhead Stadium or have a chance to go to Arrowhead Stadium, you can go to the KC Sports Network Venmo. We're selling raffle tickets. One ticket's $10, or for $50, you will get eight tickets. Um, All of that money will go to the KCSN Foundation, our 501c3. So it is tax deductible. Um, Last year, it helped us feed. I think it was sent over a 1,000 meals Uh, to Kansas city's homeless from what we raised by raffling off just two playoff tickets. So that's what the money is going towards, toward the different things that we do within the community. Uh, But we are selecting a winner on Wednesday night. So if you're listening to this episode and you want a chance to go and you want to help your community in the process, um, head over to our Venmo. You can check our social channels and get the link there, but you can just search KC sports network on Venmo and send the money over and Christian will get back to you. And we'll make sure that we hit everybody up on social uh, with the winner of those tickets on Saturday. But um, Kent, what is your, this is the final thing. Not really a nugget here, but uh, keep in mind anybody that is going to the game on Saturday, that it could be the last game at Arrowhead stadium this year. And so what is your challenge to people who are going out there? I when I was on Sunday sound off with 41 news this week, I issued a challenge to chiefs fans because Trevor Lawrence has shown us that he can get shook. I know he came back in the second half. I know all of that. He's a young quarterback that you can affect and he, you can see it in his performance on the field. So chiefs fans, they always come to arrowhead not to watch a game, but to participate in the game. And you might be able to see your impact in a very tangible way. Uh, You get out there and do what we all expect you to do.
3: it it create a hostile environment uh act like carl cheffers is the ref uh (laughs) you know i i just look i i think you look at the the jags and getting a win under their belts massive for the for what doug peterson's building out there but you know it's a different beast like we've kind of talked about the, the farther you get in the playoffs the bigger the beast becomes and There's a logical growth and progression for for teams like the Jags where, you know, you you achieve some success and then you fall and then you achieve a little bit more success, you know, the year after and then, you know, you just keep climbing to that mountaintop. Well, the, the Chiefs present them a hostile environment on the road against an absolute buzzsaw and an elite quarterback. And the impact that Arrowhead fans could have on that is like, I mean, you just, if you, if you do what you always do in Arrowhead, you're going to, you're going to play a factor in a team that's going to be feeling it a little bit. They're, they're not going to be as You can be fearless until you, you kind of face a little bit of adversity and then you see what you're really about. And I think this team can, can kind of create some chaos here for, for, uh, for the Jaguars with a, with a strong fan base behind them.
2: you think there's going to be any kind of Andre Cisco, anything audible coming? I know on social media, people are going to talk about it, but first time he makes a tackle and they call his name, do you think you're going to hear anything in the crowd? Do you you think people are past that storyline of what happened in that week 10 game?
3: I wonder how, like, it'll be interesting to see how many people remember it. Like, I'm sure there'll be some jeers and some, you know, some buzz, but like, I, I don't know if the name Andre Cisco sticks with people the same way where he might just, because he didn't have the biggest name heading into that game, he might get to skate by a little bit. But, but it's also the
2: only time and the only context people have heard that name. I mean, yeah. Chiefs fans are like, yeah, that's that dude. Like, I didn't know he was in the NFL. I didn't know he was a guy, but that's that guy.
3: I'm just waiting for Travis Kelsey to run his mouth on him because we, you know, yeah. we've seen him. We, we saw him do it with Lonnie Johnson. I mean, you know, if you remember former Chiefs great former Lonnie Chiefs Johnson, great. Yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. And AFC was South opponent. one trying, you know, a, a defensive back trying to punk, you know, players. Maybe, maybe we see Travis Kelsey running his mouth a little bit again uh, on Andre Sisco after trying to hurt a couple of his teammates. All
2: right, let's wrap this one up. Kent, any final thoughts before we let the good people go again? And we appreciate all you for spending part of your days and, and hanging out with us, getting your Chiefs fix uh, for the day. We'll have plenty more content getting you ready for Saturday's matchup between the Chiefs and Jags. Hanging out with Kent Swanson, one-third of the KC Laboratory, founding member of KC Sports Network here. Kent, what do you got to take us all home?
3: BJ Kissel. Streaks were meant to be broken. And Trevor Lawrence has never lost a football <laughs> game on a Saturday. I think the streak ends this week. I think that's a talking point we can get rid of. I think Arrowhead Magic comes through, and I think Patrick Levon Mahomes shows why Trevor Lawrence may be a great quarterback prospect, but he's not the greatest quarterback in the NFL. So uh, I, think, uh, I think this is going to be the first loss in the history uh, of Trevor Lawrence for a Saturday.
2: Nate Taylor would not stop talking about that earlier. That is his favorite oh. storyline, favorite nugget going into this game. I just love the fact that Doug Peterson's coming back and he's got zero pressure. I'm excited to kind of see what Doug brings. I don't think it's going to matter, but I'm excited to see him just let it all out and play You know, with house money. Like you said earlier, I, this is definitely one of those perfect scenarios in which they got nothing to lose. See what they yeah. see, what they come up with any kind of crazy plays. And then what does Andy Reid have up his sleeve? There's going to be at least one or two, Uh, Chances And maybe this is the time that Colin Saunders can get his play inside the red zone. That poor freaking guy keeps getting out there, getting a chance. Give me Chris Jones and Colin Saunders together in a goal line situation. That's what I want to know. And then I want to know the name of the call. As soon as I see it and I laugh about like five seconds later, I want to know the name of that play. Because those are always entertaining as well. All right. Everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Please hit that like and subscribe. Follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. And just know we've got plenty more than just Chiefs. We cover the Royals, we cover Sporting KC, the KC Current, plus KUK State, Mizzou. We've got content here at KCSN for everyone, whoever you are rooting for in the Kansas City area. And appreciate you all for hanging out. We'll see you all next time.
1: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network.